Start your engines, brothers! Covering with red thumbs and fucking fire till they go black. Jam throttles on wet tracks. He's on his way to the gloves. Welcome to Radio. 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 Hot lap. That light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets, and barbecues. But I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, fortunately, I was the only doing 250, so I wasn't really going quick. Is that it ended in miles or kilometers? That's just kilometers. Okay. That's why I'm saying I'm not going really quick. Uh, hello, $87,000 for a Mac Pro. That you overcooked the um, lamb chops? No, because of the temperature of the weather, of course. Oh, so you can't control your operations. Stop it with the poor lifting. No, I understand poor lifting. JP, sorry, did, did you just do a yeah no? Thompson Smiles, Circus Hairpin, the Snakes Devils Bed, Long Loop, Peak Bend, Range Hairpin. My God, you should try it on the simulator, viewers. You're overthinking it. I mean, at Radio Hot Lab, we don't think. Ailey Malayli and Lester von Schnutzenberger, ya. Yeah. Don't overdo it or overscape it. Basically, a cooking show with a little bit of motor racing. Well, viewers, um, uh, this is uh, episode 299.1. Now, I haven't put up 299.0. Oh, maybe it's 299.2. It's actually 0.99.2. Uh, you've already got a 2 or 299. 299.2, I think. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We muck up the numbers. But, um, yeah, as we... Uh, well, as uh, Jennifer Byrne, who looks after Mastermind at 6 p.m. on SBS television, um, she ran a show called Towards 2000. I remember that. I, 1999. You know, I think there was a lot of Y2K um, issues that, that people were worried about that the world was going to blow up. But... Uh, <laughs> Years, 20 years later there, and I remember it very distinctly. And, uh, and uh, she would, she had a, 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 an excellent voice for that. And here we are towards episode 300. All right. Well, viewers, good afternoon, depending on which part of the world you're at. But uh, this is uh, Radio Hot Map, episode 299.2 a light-hearted look at the world of motor racing international and local cool emerging technologies gadgets and barbecues however we've decided that due to the COVID-19 uh, situation that we might flip the whole show on its head a little and be more kitchen focused barbecue focused Perhaps you're cooking something from the garden, whatever, uh, with a little bit of motor racing sprinkled in there. But nonetheless, it will have not lost the, the, the theme of what Radio Hot Lap was about, which was lightheartedness. 
a bit of a comedy, something that you could listen to when you're traveling the car. And viewers, and I know you are, you're all viewers, that, um, well, let's hope we can entertain you. And I'd like to introduce Neville um, from, from Melbourne, G'day. who's not allowed out of his house. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that. We're allowed for a walk. We're not allowed to go for more than five k's, and we can go to the supermarket by ourselves. That's it. Well, viewers, Neville um, was the instigator uh, and the original publisher or, or editor or, or creator, founder. Of the v- Sorry, founder. Founder. Very good. Yeah, founder. If you only put an L in there, I'd get a fish out of it. Um, um, of VAX magazine, which was really um, ahead of its time, and it was a dedicated magazine that operated uh, predominantly in the Australian supercar space. And um, he's moved on from that, and uh, successfully so. But uh, it's great to have him here, and I do recall several adventures with him over the years but uh, he's here to help us break the 300 barrier <laughs> well motorsport's got a lot to answer for hasn't it <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you could say <laughs> you know i had a um i had a text message coming in this morning from um uh, uh hitoki Kao. Uh, who is a Japanese, uh, he was a Japanese GT3 driver. Uh, no, uh, GT300 driver. But he also worked with Panos uh, in 2000. And um, uh, I asked him to become a friend a few days ago. And, uh, and he was uh, most obliging. And I feel that there will be some discussions in the Japanese quadrant. I, I can't so, wait. I love Japan. I can't either. He's got, and I, I picked up some photos of him earlier and he knows so many people that I know. And so I thought, well, this is what it's all about. You know, it's just when you, when you, when you, you go and grab that basket of who the hell do you know? There's a lot of people. Motorsport tends to do that to you though. You got to know a lot. Yeah. You got to you got to know the pe- the right people to get to the right spots in motorsport. You know that. Yep. Anybody yep. who's anybody but, who's uh, tried, yeah anybody who's trying to get a media pass to a really good spot, you've you got to know somebody because you ain't going to get it by yourself. <laughs> media passes—they're probably a little bit more difficult to get today than they used to be. Well, not for Eddie McGuire. <laughs> You know, as long as you like, you know, the right people like Richard Crail or, you know, or, or, or Fogues or well, whatever, you know, you just sort of get it. It's almost like they go, oh, fuck yeah. All right. You're in the door. Here's your paperwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah sign, sign the indemnity. Right. Would you like to say that again? You cut out. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just going to tell you, your video is frozen. Has it? Your video has frozen. Oh, it hasn't on my end. Is it still okay now? And actually, it's quite a nice picture. It looks like you've gone to sleep on the couch. Oh, it's a lovely couch. No, but... <laughs> now you're back. Hey! 
It's important to have a lovely couch. Yeah. All right. Now, I, 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 I sent a few notes down to you. Would you like to pick one to start with? Well, I want to talk to you about, we were yabbering on the other day about packet gravies and white sauces. And you've got these really good ones. And have you used any of them yet? And which ones have oh, you used? Oh, I have. Now, I, I was a non-believer that a packet gravy could be as good as, like, let's say, you can go to the stupid market and pick <laughs> up, like, a pork or, you know, like the, the uh, 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 grave ox or magi or whatever, and it would be liquid and you'd mic it up for 45 seconds. This stuff is absolutely unreal. Chicken. For the first time, will be tried this weekend with an organic chicken. Cheese. Not tried that before. Cheese. Like, and I'm not a fan of like cauliflower cheese, but I'll give it a go. I'll really? give it a go. Really? You don't like well, cheese on cauliflower? Well, I'm not. A, I'm, let's put it this way. I'm not a fan of cauliflower cheese how the way my mother cooked it. <laughs> okay. So, um, and then there's pepper sauce. And there's onion gravy, which, oh, my gosh. I got four beautiful sausages. Like, no no flavours, just thick ones. And did two of them, put some onions in a pan and added the gravy in and did it up with a bit of mash and something green like a broccoli, broccolini or something like that. I had to do it two nights in a row. It was that good. Really? Oh, yes. So what? For the viewers, what's the name of this gravy? A, a gourmet granny. Well, this name says it all, doesn't it? It's a old. It's a, a pair of elderly ladies that have sold their business off, and it's now a small operation up in in Queensland. And I, I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked that a powder gravy can be as good as that. What what is that? Is there scotch in there? In that? No, it's in... just it's a refreshing cup of tea. Yeah, right. Peppermint? <laughs> no, just no, just Dilma black tea with milk and two sugar. Dilma. All right. Uh. It's All right, really uh... it's real brand. It's it's, it's a brand show today. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the cash yeah, register? I, I I went out I, admission. I went out for lunch with uh, my friend Sandra, who's about 73, 74, and um, we went to Thai uh, on the corner. And it's, hey, it's spring. It's my first day I'm back in shorts. It's 25 and a half degrees. 25? Yay. It's 17. Oh, Victoria, sorry. It was 21 yesterday. We were, we were almost yeah. dying. 26 tomorrow. So we went out for lunch and sat outside. No dogs involved. Um, and just had our regular stuff. Um, and um, a bottle of wine. We shared a bottle of South Blonde. Nice. That was it. Yep. Oh. Beautiful. Oh. So dogs circling around. <laughs> anyway, please continue. You, you, have the, you have the floor. Okay. Let's talk about Dan Ricardo. How fucking good was that race? Well, how good was his finishing and qualifying? It appears that his choice of moving to McLaren is rather um, a good selection. 
Well, he must have known something. Don't you reckon? Well, did you notice that? I think that he has a very good relationship with the boss, Cyril, that the fact that um, they've had a bet that Cyril has to get, and Daniel also, they have to reciprocate and have a tattoo if he gets the podium between now and the end of the season. So Daniel gets to do the design of the logo, of the, the tattoo, and Cyril gets the placement. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So if Dan Ricardo gets a podium, they both get a tattoo? Yep. Oh, I didn't know about that. Well, um, and, and Dan said, well, I'm not going to make it put him on his face. <laughs> He's not going to make him put it on his face. No, I, I think that uh, you know, he didn't uh, echo any thoughts about where that might be. But he, he referred to the fact that it would probably, well, might more likely be associated with the event itself and the location that the podium was achieved. Blimey. Okay. Uh, that could be interesting. How many more <laughs> how many more chances have you got to get on the podium? Well, I don't know, but um, I'm not sure whether Cyril might be downgrading his car. <laughs> you know, He's gonna get on the podium, huh? <laughs> Multi twenty one. <laughs> yep. There you go. Oh, and, and I'm on that. Like, did you see that, that, that Mark Webber had actually put his hand up and said, oh, maybe I was a little bit, you know, over the top on the multi-21? Really? And for that don't understand it, perhaps you can articulate multi-21? From my understanding, the whole thing was that there was agreement between him and Vettel uh, when they were in the same team at Red Bull. And supposedly... Vettel had to pull over, well, not pull over, but let him pass to, to take the lead because of some agreement. I don't know. And he didn't. And basically, Mark Webber and all of Australia were pissed off. So, and, and it was like, he gets, he gets out of the car and he goes up to Vettel and goes, multi-21, Seb, multi-21, whatever that bloody means, right? I still don't know what it means. What does it mean? Slow down or something? Is it, is it team tactic? speak i don't know and um so <laughs> australia's has, australia's hated Vettel ever since well the the deconstruction of that comment is that multi 21 was actually multi 2 1 meaning that please like finish in this order so oh. it was referring to car one and car two oh, yeah so two which be, was a oh. bit of a a bit of a, you know, a, a Christian yeah. horn sort of, you know. Uh, okay, you know. Squirrel, it's squirrel. A, yeah, it's squirrel speak. Still at the time. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, anyway. So, yeah, we're all a bit annoyed. But I was annoyed at Vettel whenever, when he crashed in the back of Mark Webber years ago when Vettel was in the... Um, the second tier team when they had a core, was it a, a safety car and Vettel ran into the back of Weber into a safety car and took him out of the race. Remember that? 
Oh, well, these things happen in motor racing. Yes, I know. But some people it happens to more than others. That is true. All right. Um, you're still good to go. Like, uh, what's your next thoughts? Well, uh, oh. I mean, like Dan, Dan Rick, I think he's going to go okay. I really do think he's going to go okay um, at McLaren. So you think you've got, you've got the good oil on McLaren. You reckon they're up for it? Well, I've got a good contact with George Brown inside there. So, um, like, yeah, he'd be telling me if things were going south. But uh, they're all pos. And they're using Renault engines, aren't they? Yes, they are. Are they going to continue to use Renault engines? Is so. So if Renault gets on top of it with their engine, it's all looking really good, even though it's not actually with Renault. Well, it appears that they are all getting on top of it. Doesn't it? I mean, like, you know, you need quite a bit of horsepower to run around Spa because once you come out of O'Rouge and you're going up the Kemmel Strait, that's a, a light uphill. Um, and uh, it, it's like a lot of, got a lot of long straights with cool off. So that's, that's, that's pretty good. Ferrari, like, on the other hand, appear to have all sorts of issues going on like the thing the whole project with, with ferrari this is so cyclic you know and the, the tires don't activate correctly the, <laughs> the, the tires what the tires don't come up the tires won't come up to temp like the, the geometry of the chassis is such that the tires uh, do not uh, come online to the temperature where they need to be to make the car active correctly to utilise the performance of the vehicle. So they're always working to um, manage. They're, they're struggling because the thing just doesn't, it won't come up. It's like mm-hmm. the tech that will not come online correctly. Bloody hell. Too much arrow on the front. Um, of course, that then that, a, a, a further discussion about what would happen in 2021 because we're going to move to larger diameter wheels and a completely different uh, aero spec, whereas everybody will use a custom, uh, or like a control under tray. So, look, I reckon they've got a bigger problem with their engine, haven't they? There's just no guts in it. Funny, <laughs> they're a bit slow this year. And the guys well, are a bit nowhere. They're, they're, I think Ferrari's always struggled with a low torque engine, and 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 you, what you need is like a like an AMG GD3 sort of a big lug, like it's a big like big beast, like like a Newfoundland dog sort of like lumbering up the hill, and you just go, oh, Rodo, I can just lazy this car around in whatever weather conditions. And then I'll come good. And they just keep running screamers that just, they need to be run at the extreme edge. Uh, and then their operating window is relatively narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the others are quite a bit wider. Uh, and so their effectiveness, like the, the Mercedes is, well, <laughs> like, it's a, it's a much more broad operating system. And uh, you can see that, that that's been transferred to the customer cars. 
that, that are doing that. And you're also seeing like how Haas is falling back down through the field because they're using Ferrari engines and they are like, I wouldn't, I would expect that they will probably exit the sport. Well, as a team, they're second from the bottom. They're only, they're only being beaten to the bottom by Williams who hasn't won anything. Williams has gone to the time, uh, nonetheless, but, but like, you know, uh, yep. Yeah, I'm just saying that the Ferrari uh, does not appear to, it's just, a, it's just a low torque engine. They always seem to do that. It's nothing that can lug up a hill. And even, hey, you put them in, in the road cars or the challenge cars or GD3 cars, mate, the things they can't, they struggle to get up over Bathurst. Really? Up the hill. They're good across the top. They can go down the chute quick because they're slippery. But they just then can't go up. So low, there's Which no low-down uh, Mercedes GT3 cars are, for example, a, um, a solid, versatile vehicle. Yeah. Talking about Mercedes, that's a, that was a great segue, dude. Hamilton Bottas. Yeah. How long are they going to stay friends for? <laughs> well, I read something this morning that he acknowledged that he was totally pissed off. That was his own words, that, uh, um, that Lewis kept beating him in quality. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he could be doing his own head in, but no, I don't know who's <laughs> right in his either. How <laughs> pissed off? Is he pissed off at himself for letting Lewis beat him, or is there something else going on? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak very much for myself, but, you know, uh, uh, well, well, it's a very cold in the wintertime, and, you know, I, I don't not match the friends with Kimi, Riker, uh, and, uh, you know, we don't hang out like we used to. So uh, it's very oh, oh, it's difficult to understand how to activate this situation. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's very talkative. What what accent was that? German or Finnish? Oh, it is as well. It's, I, this is from Finland. Well, you're very talkative for a Finnish oh, person. I, I'm, I'm tonight. I'm having roast wolf, wolf, <laughs> wolfy. He was my dog, but you know, I cannot afford to keep him no longer. So you know, we put him on the barbecue. <laughs> Oh, at least it's not a half, a half at least it's not a half raw bat. Yeah, yes, this is, this is, this is the, the situation. You know, I, I think this afternoon, the best thing I do, I, I go out and uh, I get a machine and I, I, I cut a hole in the snow, in the ice, and I jump in for the minus 14 degree centigrade uh, ice bath, and then I come out and have some schnapps. Of course, then, that the lap time will be much improved. <laughs> Did you say he's going to jump in 14 below zero centigrade water and then come out and have some snaps or he's going to come out and something's going to snap off? Well, I think there could be both <laughs> issues there, but I, I'm, I'm not to speak for him, but, uh, you know, I think uh, it, it would be rather dangerous and there could be, um, well, uh, some shrinkage. Shrink? Um, 
shrinkage i'll be uh, mine would disappear right up my bum that's that's how it's my shrinkage well if you remember there was an episode on seinfeld yeah where a a, a, a real, rather ugly baby and uh well there, george had a little bit of shrinkage uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway of him he's out Hamilton Bottas. Right. I still want to talk about there. It's like, what is going on? Is there going to be a blap? Are they going to come to fisticuffs? Or is he just going to leave the team? Nah, there's never going to be. There's never going to be anything. Well, he's a new Barrichello. <laughs> what is, was Rubens, like, aggressive? No, but he, he was tapping. Well, he was obviously paid a lot of money to be the second driver. And then gets in the team that just... That it gets in a team that just lucks it into the championship for it. Well, you know, they went, they zigged when every other team went zag. And guess what? They hit on it with that diffuser. And then he won, he won for Braun that year. That's good. That's a good story. Yeah, he Funny. did. And, uh, and he's a good guy too. I've never met Rubens Barrichello, but um, I do recall significantly. Imola 1994 because of my relationship with David Brabham and um, and Ian Harrison, who was running the Williams team. Ian Harrison was the other, um, a third partner in Triple Eight Engineering, which was founded in the UK in conjunction with um, Roland Dane and Derek Warwick, the Formula One driver. Yeah. And... Roland decided to come out to this part of the world. They do, yeah, both, interestingly enough, sailing aficionados. But uh, Rubens had a, a terrible crash um, in, in one of the practice sessions, or might be in a quali. And then David Brabham's teammate at Simtech, Roland Ratzenberger, lost his life on the Saturday. And of course, we know further and no less tragically but equally difficult and a somber moment for all of us in the sport that Ayrton would lose his life on the fifth lap of of Imola. Um, that's another story in its own right but uh, trying to deconstruct that. Yeah, yeah any, any thoughts on that by the way? On the Senna thing? On Look, a combination of teams building stuff right on the edge to win, drivers right on the edge to win. I mean, this, we all know how fast Senna was, and he, was, he could drive right on the edge. I just think it was a combination of factors that all come together in one point in time, which what sent him off the track. And once he went off the track, uh, he was just a passenger. Um, I mean, if they had if they'd had had the halo now, he would have probably lived. That's the whole thing. But it's the past, you know. It, it, what shocked me was I got into Formula One uh, pretty late in my life. Like it was in the eighties when Alan Jones started doing stuff, and 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 then they started putting Formula One on the tally. And sure, there was there wasn't a lot of death then. So, you know, Formula One was becoming quite, uh, well, people didn't think about it that much. 
it was only because of my history of understanding with motorsport that you know there were times when drivers dying was a common occurrence and you know drivers would go drivers in formula one sooner or later they they had mates and sooner or later some of those mates weren't going to be there it was just a way of life in the sport you know that someone would die the team would probably pack up and go home for the weekend but they were back the next weekend or next race like with a new driver excuse me for a sec viewers I've just got Jimmy. I've got my uh, my friend who's come over to just work on the stairs out there. I'm just doing a, a podcast, so you just go about whatever you need to do, mate. And there's um, some beers in the fridge for you. Okay. Um, can, I, can I come and work at your house? <laughs> certainly can. <laughs> just don't stay for a month. <laughs> okay, I promise. Chuck you out. Um, so yeah, well, yeah. I just, just, I just felt it was just a combination. Well, we're talking about uh, Senate. It was just a combination of factors that that all came together in an unfortunate time. Which, you know, that where he was on the track, all that kind of stuff. Which track he was even racing on. Look, um, from from an engineering perspective, I looked at it, and um, he was not comfortable with that car. Um, there was um, a start line crash with uh, Mika Salo and and Pedro Lamy. Mm -hmm. um, that caused um, a safety car to be deployed. It was a Ford Sierra and it wasn't running around at speeds that were, I think, appropriate, which they then considered that tyre pressures might have gone down and tyre temperatures had also gone down and that when the car was unleashed um, at the end of the fourth lap, which went through, I think, Tamborello, I think that's the bend, mm -hmm. I may be, um, at Imola. Uh, and, and on the outside, it's not a gravel trap, it's, it's cement because okay. there's a river behind that wall. That's right, you can't so, extend it any further. There's no runoff. Yes. That's part of the problem. That's why Emil is not used anymore, correct? Correct. Now, now I think that, that, you know, his death was uh, um, by a steering rod that had punctured through the side of his helmet like this pen mm -hmm. here. Um, but I don't think he errored up at all. It was just... He was uncomfortable with the car. I've read so much stuff. I've, I've had quite a few meals with Ian Harrison, who was team manager at Williams at the time, and he he was not prepared to discuss that day with me, um, other than maybe over a couple of beers every now and then. There would be a little a few nuggets here and there, but he it was really private stuff. And, you know, he, he also knew that I was... Um, I was hurting from the death of Alan Simonson. So we had something common in there mm -hmm. to talk about. So I, I didn't go in to ask him to elaborate on it, but so, it, it was a very difficult moment. So, okay. Did, so what caused the accident? Mechanical failure? Something broke? 
Well, I mean, like the, the theories are that, you know, the cars were running too slow behind the safety car, which was a Ford Sierra, and therefore tyre temps ran, ran down and pressures ran down. And like when you come out of turn one, like you pretty, it's like it's, it's flat. Yeah. And you need to know your grip levels are there. And yeah, well, uh, I, I more than that. I, I mean, you can speculate all you like, but like, I don't like Alan. He did an error. He just, something went wrong. Yeah. Well, that's, the perception was that something broke on the car. That is correct. The steering column broke. Well, that's, yeah, whether well, that's true or not, but that's four. Say that again. The steering column had been adjusted and welded, pre-welded, welded yet again. So it was not like a bespoke product, uh, like absolutely clean as. It had had some issue that had been adjusted. Yeah. So, well, But I... But the car, like, it sort of went over a couple of bumps and then the thing just turned. But, like, the fact that they didn't have runoff area. Like, it was like concrete. It was a big Like, on TV, it looked like it was a gravel trap, but it was not. And that's what killed them. Like, the impact. Because it, it just went back through the body. Like Alan. Yes. But steering arm was what um, came through the side of his helmet and 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 and, and destroyed him. Yeah, I, I didn't have a chance with that. And it's only, how it long ago was that? That was nineteen, the first of May, nineteen ninety-four. So it's taken how many years to do the hoop, the halo? Well, I don't. But it's like, uh, can you believe it? it's twenty-six years ago since he died? Bloody hell. And I was living at Kirribilli, like on the waterfront there. And I remember I was in bed with my girlfriend, Kylie. And, you know, it was a, a nice moment. Um, but at um, Fort Denison, which you know, right in the middle of the hub, Claudia Schiffer was having a supermodels party. And of course, well, what did I do? I did whatever I needed to do but I thought of Claudia. <laughs> I thought what, you did whatever you needed to do, but you got to that party. <laughs> you no, know, no, no. I said, well, I just looked out and I said, well, I'm basically, for, for, for all intents and purposes, I'm making you Claudia Schiffer tonight. <laughs> Claudia, and I was like, what are Claudia Schiffer brains? <laughs> what? Oh. You know she has a yep. swim of, a swim of un, uh, she has a swim, she has a, a range of underwear. Does she? A lingerie. I'm sure she has. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I always go and check it out. I know. If, you, you ever you ever been with your girlfriend and shopped for uh, lingerie? You feel like such a pervert. No, you don't feel like a pervert. No. Or you just haven't shopped for lingerie with your girlfriend. I, 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 she can do it on her own. Oh, mate, I love it's one of my favourite things. Oh, dude, I'll tell you, pretty much every girlfriend I've had is like a, like a, like a, they're, um, uh, 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 how would I say it? Uh, they're, um, 
they're sort of like they're a rather masculine girls. Okay, fair enough. No, no, they like to do all sorts of outdoor stuff and stuff. They're not super girly girls. Oh, they're outdoorsy. Oh, all this stuff. Oh, so they're you know, like, sporty spice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're still oh. girls. Yeah. No, I just, I liked, I just, I liked. Can girls. we, um, can, uh, viewers, if you don't mind, I have a visitor here and I just need to give a few little instructions about um, how we'd like to update the steps. And you might, if you're lucky, get a bit of a view of it later. We'll tell you about it. Or at least you'll know, like, from the taste of the teppanyaki barbecue, how good the steps are. <laughs> but if you just don't mind giving me 30 seconds, I'll, I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Play some nice music. Yeah, that's it. Five bits of nice music. Yeah, right. Hey, for very long did it oh well you know bad luck I'm... viewers <laughs> <laughs> this is COVID-19 music sorry you don't get all of it <laughs> okay we recording again yeah well, I haven't stopped but that's the way to do it oh viewers I, I look I I'm having a Sav Blanc this afternoon yep that's a little sneaky, a little sneaky stuff. All right, um, mate, you've got the list. Like, you pick up where you would like to, to move on to. I'm thinking. Miscellaneous, you got tech, whatever. You uh, throw it out to me on whatever. Let's go. I also want to go on food. Mate, you're, okay. it looks, looks like you're having chicken korma tonight. Well, I actually made it on Wednesday. Mm. Chicken korma is a very mild curry. It's probably so, the mildest. You... Oh no, butter chicken's the mildest, isn't it? Yeah, similar. Yep. <laughs> but I would use. I, I, I don't mind the, I, I think the buttery chicken. Yeah, it's a little bit too buttery for me. No, I don't. Um, and I and you need to. I believe you need to use that with bone in, with the meat. So like you sort of like a Maryland sort of style. So you're sort of gnawing it off the bone as opposed to your thigh fillets. You can't cook curries with um, uh, 
chicken fillet, you know, because they, they're, they're too dry. They're a stir fry sort of thing. You know, you're doing a wok in, in and out. Whereas the other stuff are like a little bit more time insensitive. But um, yeah, it, I, I, I cooked it on Monday and it's been languishing. Languishing. It's a good word. <laughs> languishing. Get, mate, I tell you, if you can get that into Scrabble, that's a high score. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of an onomatopoeia. Uh, onomatopoeia. That's right. Like, onom- or, or bark. <laughs> boom. The car said boom. That is onomatopoeia. The dog Onom- said bark. Onomatopoeia sounds like an ancient Incan town. <laughs> well, yeah, the chicken korma is like uh, it's a it's a light light dish. So it's um, uh, fry up some onions to start with, and a little bit of evo evu like uh, extra virgin olive oil and some mustard seed oil, which I've now got to. And I rang and spoke to the chef at the Indian restaurant yesterday who gave me some tips and he said, put, put a few mustard seeds in. And like I said, but a few, what does that mean? Like a teaspoon? He says, yeah, a teaspoon, as opposed to like, just put it in. Yep. And uh, ardemon seeds. And that's uh, come up. So tonight, a couple of days later, after it's been relaxing in the fridge, it should be darn good with a bit of um, some really good rice from India Gate. Fucking crap rice from the super stupid market. Um, and a, a papa dum, papa dum, yeah. And a little, maybe some cucumber and tomato with a bit of Greek yogurt. Ooh. And I would suggest a little lime pickle because it's quite sweet. And I actually added some a tomato passata into the dish mm. to the depth of it a little bit, so just make it a little bit more tomato-y. Um, not too much. And mango chutney. Well, there you go. That's interesting that you're having uh, Indian tonight, because so am I. <laughs> you're having a curry too? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm going to, because I'm cooking with the car keys, right? Well, they're, they're delivering, but... We found this Indian restaurant. Don't even ask me the name because my girlfriend knows it. That it has the best Indian that I've ever had in Australia. Bar none. Right. Even, even the dal is beautiful. So that dal. That's a big call. Oh, well, so far it's the best I've had. Wow. And I, I've been to India and I actually like the food over there even their fast food restaurants indian fast food restaurants are fantastic and um i haven't been i haven't really been able to find anything that can match and this comes really close wow i'd be um i'd be very interested to hear on uh, (laughs) 209.3 what your experience is well i'll uh and I'll, i'll come back with a report on it Oh, mate, I think it's like, remember, this is, we're, we're moving away from, we're moving away from motorsport. This is a cooking show. Well, yeah, someone cooked it, but I'll, 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 I don't even know what I'm going to order. So I'll come back with a full report on what I ordered and how good it was. But I know the dal is fantastic. I'm getting that again. That's amazing. As Colonel Clink would say, I want a full report on my desk in the morning. 
No, no. Actually, it was Binghamton. Binghamton? From Mikhail's baby. Oh. Ernest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Binghamton. I didn't get into McCarl's Navy, but I did get into um, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, like Ernest Borgnine and Tom Conway. Um, and uh, uh, Joe Flynn, who was Captain Binghamton. And do you recall it at all? Like they used to, you know, it was PT-72, I think, yeah. the boat. They were sort of in the South Pacific. And he had a, a 2IC with three stars on him like called Carpenter, which was his sort of lieutenant. At, at, and that was like, you know, Tim Conway over this side and with, with you know, the, the guys that were doing all the slippery stuff. And then there was the, yeah, well, what's going on here, Mika? What's going on? You know, and um, it was pretty good. And then Joe Flynn, he was never good. He, if, he, if he fell in the water, he would go, oh, my God, I can't swim, I can't swim, I can't swim. But ironically, he ended up dying in his own swimming pool. Really? Yeah. In, <laughs> uh, in Los <laughs> because good, Which was... Uh, um, <laughs> he was an absolute, like, definitely, if you're going to invite someone to dinner, he's on the list, dead or alive. Um, uh uh, Clink, Werner Klemperer, definitely. He's gone too. Yeah. Uh, Larry Hagman, he's he's definitely on. Actually, this is just a, all of a sudden. This is like the um, dinner for dead people sort of show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, making me feel um, good. Uh, um, I, I don't know. Would you put? Uh, uh, Hogan. Uh, was played by, I don't know, he was murdered. So who would you like to have at a dinner party? you got five people, you're the six. I'm not saying you are, but they had to be dead. They had to, they have to be have died. Oh, get, that, oh, okay. get well, this out. They have to definitely, die. Definitely those three. Werner Klemperer, um, Larry Hagman. Um, uh uh, Carl's Navy. Uh, for interest's sake, who was the partner? Barbara Eden. Yeah, which was the partner in Ike with Larry Hagman. Oh, um, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we'll throw in someone completely. What the heck? Hey, dogs. Josh Brolin. From Yeah? Josh Brolin. Oh, hang on a second. Oi, hey, 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 hey. Serenaded by the uh, dogs, views. No country for old men. Yes. Josh Brolin. Or and if you're going to have him, you've got to have Xavier Barter, 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 which played the really nasty guy. Oh, yeah, but is he dead? No. Oh, well, no, you no, can't no. have him at your dinner party then, can you? Oh, you make it so hard for me. <laughs> <laughs>
Who, are you guys still out, were you? Like, dogs, that's just woodwork going on. Um, what about William Shatner? He's not gone. No, I don't know. Actually, is uh, he still around? Yeah, he'd be poking around somewhere. Oh, mate. People, people who are around, I'd like. Uh, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey yeah. Hepburn. Yeah. Why Audrey Hepburn? Audrey Hepburn and, if she's not available, of course, Eva St. Marie mm. and Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck? Who was the actor on uh, South by Southwest? Well, no, North yeah, by they, Northwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gregory Peck. No, it wasn't Gregory Peck. It wasn't it? Oh, it's an no. amazing movie, isn't it? Uh, oh, well, Eva St. Marie was the co-star. So Gregory, um, you're going to make me Google this, aren't you? No, no, I'll do it. This is, this is important. Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Well, there you I go. want him. I'd love to have him as a guest. He wow. is hilarious. Very, very cool. There great you movie, go. Great movie. And then, and then, who was in Rear Window with uh, what? Not with his name, but it's her. Oh, she married the prince. Rear Window was a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? All of a sudden, we've got a dinner with all these people from movies. Right, as opposed to like breaking it up and having something like Isaac Asimov or, uh, you know, Einstein or, or someone, you know, like Bill Gates or. I'm going to have to know, think about this. Because... Or, you know, like just to throw it all out there. <laughs> you know? Or oh. I, I think that it would be important to include a national Australian treasure. Hey, I know. Mine is Ida Buttrose. Beg your pardon? Ida Buttrose. I'd love to have dinner with Ida Buttrose. Yep. Well, like, you know, we can ask her about why her her, um, her, her nephew's gone to jail for drug use. Well, it's because he used drugs? It's pretty simple. <laughs> anyway. Organic chooks. What's this about organic chooks? 28 bucks 50 for an organic chook. And I tell you, it's a, it's a goodie, but I, I um, with that that stuff, I'm going to be cooking it Saturday night. I, I I support the local butcher. I could go down and get a cheap one, and but I thought, you know, when you put it in perspective, it it's what it's the same price as a chicken and a bottle of cheap wine. So let's look after the local guys. Yeah, I understand that. I that that's my perspective on it. So chook and I look forward to fucking around with it and as um Jimmy's come over to put the exit some another stairs on on the platform for me today. Um and he's got a he's got a coldie with him and um the dogs are snapping. Yeah, I think now um where are my notes? Here we are. Yeah, I know. Dog fight in the house, right? Oh, what the hell? We brought his dog over yesterday and I got freaking... Well, Lester and his dog. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy. 
What's your dog? Huey. So Huey and Lester got together. I don't know who started it. Either way, they're equally to blame. But I, I had to lift them apart and I got chewed. Chewed, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't take it between two dogs. Well, look, Lester and Haley, you know, it's their house. And so, I think uh, Huey came in probably a little bit hot, you know, sort of I'm taking over from here. And um, yeah, no way. Dogs are dogs. That's the way it is. No, no, no big drama. Um, but I got two. So was it Lester that was fighting or Huey or Haley? No, there is no blame apportioned to either side. Um, I'll put it this way that I think. No, but who Lester, were together? Was it Lester and Huey or well, Haley and Huey? Huey. Lester and Huey got oh. together. And, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had to lift Lester up because Huey had longer legs and uh, I don't know how I um, <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, I had to bring him up high and the other guy could, could jump but I don't know someone bit me somewhere and I there's no blame of Porson not here today as long as you don't get the dreaded dog's disease I suppose yeah, organic chalk, twenty eight fifty. I'll let you know where that goes. On yeah, twenty nine. Want to be good for twenty eight fifty? Oh, there'll be photos. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you've got some stairs are happening in the back paddock here, and that's all good. So and where are, um, st- where are you getting the stairs done at the back patio? Why, so people don't fall off it? Well, bet- between site A and site B, that um, Jimmy's putting in like some little stairs. I'll, I'll give you a little guided tour later on. And uh, he's done an absolutely brilliant job. Absolutely brilliant job. So, um, what else will we going to talk about? Oh, let's, uh, get a, let's get a bit of tech. Bit of tech. Well, um, I wonder whether you had a moment to have a review of the Surface Microsoft Surface Duo um, that I sent you earlier, which basically is like think of it as two iPhones that sit together, that fold together like yeah. that. But the screens are such that you can swipe one screen to another screen. So, for example, you could have your email on the right-hand screen and when you tap on uh, an attachment, it opens up on the left-hand screen so it doesn't cover up. It, it's very, very cool. If you haven't watched the video, I'm going to have to watch it. This sounds awesome. Oh no, you'll 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 be very interested in it. Wow, it's almost like dual. So it's a dual screen thing. It is. So how how does it work? Does it fold out? You say. You'll have to watch the video. Oh. And you report in on episode two two nine nine point three. I love the homework. I also noticed is um, that NVIDIA have announced the new 30 series uh, GPU cards, which are significantly higher in performance, 24 gigabyte of RAM on the video card, but also running a, a pretty hefty 1499 US dollars per card, which is pretty much, you know, um, a lot. Well, around the same as the framework that it would sit in. Jesus. Yep. 
Oh. But anyway, that's the new transition. Well, and that will be so competing with like with Apple moving away from Intel and using what they now called Apple Silicon, which is a license on AMD technology. Mm. Um, that they are going to build some pretty high performance GPU systems. Now, Apple has not been good in that space at all, but they may resolve that and, and let, let's see what happens. But, uh, you know, I only noticed about it last night uh, that it had been launched and you can jump, viewers jump in to NVIDIA as at nvdia.com and uh, RTX 30 series. You'll be able to find out what that can do for you. Um, do you need a piece of hardware of this level for um, simulator technology? Probably not. It's very, very high end. Um, and most people who have suggested that they were going to use the existing 20 series GPU cards for ray tracing convenience were not activating that. Uh, um, they were not requesting that from the hardware. So I think given what we're seeing so far, if that ray tracing has not been really um, recognized in terms of real time, um, wow, this is going to be pretty major. Like 24 gigabyte of RAM. That's insane. It's in more than the, than the operating system. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 1,500 US dollars. So let's say that's going to come at 2,500 Australian. And Good luck getting your hands on one. So hang on. This is... This is... Their Okay, we're talking, what are we talking here exactly? What is, what is a graphic performance? Is this for, is this, you know, is this for a, a PC or a Mac thing? No, it's for PC. Yeah, right, yeah. The, the reason why the PCs are working well in the sim space is because the operating system, which runs on a CPU, um, it channels the performance through Windows 10, into the GPU, it offloads all the support um, to the GPU card to mm -hmm. run uh, experience. And that's not what Apple has been able to do. Really? Apple has been good with gaming and, um, and, and Microsoft have really got their shit together with that stuff. Wow. Okay. So... Okay, what else we got tech-wise? Anything? Well, we got a... I mean, we're not so much tech-wise, but I noticed that Ferrari have um, released a new 488 Challenge Evo car. Like, it's not a GD3 car, but it's sort of... It's a Corsa Caliente, you know, like sort of customer racing Ferrari version. Um, and um, they've, they've run completely fresh... You know, hey, these are big, big, big coin products, and of course, it's arrive and drive stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not for you and me. I mean, you know, we, we don't want to talk about our wealth. Um, so, um, <laughs> no, hang on, it's got seven hundred horsepower. That's correct. And what's this baby worth? Well, I don't know the figure on that. Of course, you know, these are, look, actually, 
Neville, these are private questions that can't be told to the viewers. <laughs> but uh, let's just say there's a whole lot of new electronics, uh, traction control systems when read, rethought and, along with the ABS. And they've, they've really fixed the arrow on the front rear, which has created a much more stable car that removes an understeer component. Um, and um, yeah, I would suggest the price would be $50,000 Australian dollars. A shitload, in other words. Mate, depends how much you got. So the thousands match the horsepower. Seven horsepower would be what's that like? Seven hundred thousand. No, no. Divide by two. Multiply by by three. Horsepower versus kilowatt. So that's about like four eight five kilowatt. Jesus. I, I do seven hundred divided by three. Multiplied by two. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I've never been that fast with maths. I get it, but I'm not that fast. Seven hundred divided by three. Seven hundred divided by three. Times how many? Two. Yeah. Four hundred sixty-six point six 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 six. That's a number. No, I wasn't too far off. You're pretty close. All right, Paul. I just did a quick maths on it. Got so. Satellites are hooking up and out of space. Then weren't there? Yeah, man. They'd be freaking on the gas. <laughs> We're all on our phones oh. trying to figure that out. So. Who's going to win? Who's going to win the fuel wars here? Because there's going to be a lot of vehicles that are going to need to get to the bend, but can't go through Victoria or New South Wales. So I guess all the, well, you'd go have to go from Queensland to Northern Territory now down to South Australia. And uh, there'll be some rather large fuel up requirements. I'm thinking there'll be petrol stations along the way if you're coming from Northern Territory, wouldn't you? You'd be taking the long no, way around. No. Say that again. But they're coming from Townsville. Yeah, well, they, wouldn't they go across to Northern Territory and come down? Yeah, well, what well, other way is there to go? Well, they've got Townsville on this weekend. How do they get from Townsville? How do they get from the Northern Territory to Townsville? How do you get... I don't know what the navigation there'll be a road, is. There'll be a road across. I think there's a road across... And then the road comes down in South Australia. Then they're going to shimmy across to the bend. Unless there's, they're not coming by camel, so I don't think they can come diagonally. They're just going to have to zip across. No, zip well, down. it's just not, um, I guess it's not uh, a rather common route that, uh, wish, no. I get a, wish I could get a common route here in Cross <laughs> That's all you can get in Coffs Harbour is a common route. I want an uncommon route. <laughs> well, that's a good point too. <laughs> but uh, viewers, 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 let's just keep on topic. How do you get from Townsville? How do you get from Townsville to the Bend? And like, that's great news that Sam Shaheen is has got that gig and like he had a blow up a couple of months ago, didn't he? Like, and sent some stuff out and supercars went blah, blah, blah. And I think you mentioned it to me yesterday that they're picking up all the hotel bills and given there's the ridges on there and well, why not? So, well, this is the thing. I think supercars are paying for everything 
until a team gets the track. And then from Friday onwards or Saturday onwards, the team's paying for themselves. Right? And then back, oh, we're back in quarantine or lockdown or whatever, right, to be COVID safe. And I think supercars is footing that bill and it's costing them like a million dollars a week. Yeah, they can afford it. Yeah, well, they can, I can't say so they have to. But at yeah. all costs. Guys, just just pull out a little bit, you know. Who's getting sixty five thousand five hundred dollars per day? Per day, running Qantas, and they're not flying anywhere. Do you think you might put your hand in your ass and pull some money out? Well, you'd think you'd be, you'd, you'd be just you'd be you'd be saying to everybody, okay, go home. We're locking this place up for three months. You five people, you can come here and run it from the day to day because that's all you need. But the rest of you, piss off, and uh, we'll call you back to work or rehire you in the next. <laughs> months it'd save a shitload jimmy grab another one from the fridge mate um do you, do you believe that figure sixty five thousand five hundred dollars per day it's insane it's wrong like and all these people have been put off the airline's not flying That's what does he need to yeah for a bloke that can't say fucking cuntus correctly. <laughs> uh, well, guess what? Actually, oh, guess what? I um, someone, someone got an email from Qantas asking why they hadn't been using their Qantas points. Oh man, what's going hey. on? Oh man, it's it's completely screwed up. Like I rang up the other day and said, "Look, I've got about a four thousand dollar." like credit sitting there plus like what's happening to my Qantas club. And they went, Oh no, that'll be um, uh, uh, moved to the end of this year and you'll be have that opportunity to use it. And then a moment later, I got an email that I'm booked on myself and my friend Rick Holland, who was, I had booked a flight with him. Um, we're booked on a flight to LA. Oh, what? I'm not going to LA. And Qantas goes, Oh, Oh, there's a bit of a, Oh, don't you know? It's fucking hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Good old Qantas, eh? Back to Ireland you go. Yeah. Oh, well, what, what do you do? $65,000 and five hundred a day. I don't know how to do it. I don't get away with that. I really don't know how to get away with that. Yeah. Oh, it's contractual stuff. Yeah, fair enough. It was, I'd just like to point out that um, that uh, verbal message was um, simply echoing uh, Alan Joyce, the head of Qantas, who is unable to say the word Qantas because he's an Irishman. And any um, possible, um, well, I don't know, Neville, you might be able to help me out here. Any possible correlation with a word that you might not feel was appropriate? What, C-N-U-T? Um, and and all, all faces, names and everything are completely, you know, what they, you know, they'll make stuff they put down the bottom of movies. That yeah. says, well, we're not real. All, all characters 
and places are fictional. <laughs> That's <laughs> to right. Protect, to protect the innocent. That's right. <laughs> to protect the innocent. <laughs> That's right. Good luck with that, Daniel Andrews. It's all about protecting the innocent. What's going on down there with Daniel Andrews? Oh. Is, it, is, it, is everybody hating him? I mean, well, I, I don't mind him, but he's got a tough job, hasn't he? I, yeah, but I think he, look, he, he caused his own problems because a lot of people go, okay, Dan, you were the part of the problem, like with the, with the hotel quarantining, because that's supposedly that's where they've all, it's all, all our problems come down from this hotel, hotel quarantine debacle, which was the government did. So now everybody's saying, well, you caused it. And now you're telling us that we have to stop work and do everything like that. You're the, you're the person that did this in the first place. So don't suddenly telling us, start telling us what we have to do. Well, to be fair on Daniel, like he's a human being, like you and I and others. Oh, he's um, not like and, you and me. He's a politician. Uh, yeah, but nonetheless, he he has his various agencies which he relies on to carry out the the the, the work. Um. And they may not be as efficient as he had seen to be at. Of course, the buck stops with him, but he's not personally responsible for vetting every security guard that is out of work at a nightclub in Melbourne, which uh, and love them to death, could be Lebanese or of Asian or uh, European descent, that just simply maybe not able to take them the directives clearly enough or they worked for a, you know, a group that just simply just can, we don't give a fuck. Well, they don't, it's like that because what are they paying these people? Nothing now. It's not like, well, you know, so, and they just, they just rang up someone and said, we need some security guards. And this person like, isn't a security, well, they kind of were security guard, but they just got people on the books. Okay. We'll get security guards and do whatever. But, they didn't go into training them or anything. Did they have any training sessions on how they should with the COVID? I mean, they kind of knew they didn't even train them. And then they were sleeping out in the, out in the hallway, having cigarettes out in the, in the, in the fire escape or the, the, our fire escapes are inside, all that kind of stuff. Trying to hook up with guests, you know, give me your Snapchat bloody uh, address so I can get to know you. Like who's, who uses Snapchat nowadays anyway? Right, so it's just. I don't know who does use Snapchat. I don't don't know anybody that uses Snapchat anymore. I've never, I've never used it. It, it should be called. <laughs> should it be renamed to Snatchchat? Well, that isn't that how, that's how it works. The photo just stays there for a certain amount of time, then disappears. <laughs> so if if you do happen to send a cock shot, there's no unless someone copies it, it disappears. Oh, okay. That's, I don't know. That's the only reason I could think he'd want to use Snapchat. He just wanted to send some dick pics to her. I just think it should be renamed to Snatchchat. <laughs> I, I, I might resubscribe to it. <laughs> <laughs> Made you laugh. Oh, uh, if, they brought, uh, if they brought out Snatchchat, it'd be this. <laughs> what would it be, Oh, no, I can't get it to happen now. 
Snatch chat, fella. Snatch chat, kiddies. Yay. Or would it be more like the adults would be cheering? Nah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, reckon it's, I reckon it could be a cooking show because it'll get them in on the name and then there could be a little bit of porn at the end. <laughs> food corn. No, food, what, food corn? Oh, hang on. Food, food, food corn. corn. No, wrong one again, Neville. That's the one I was after. What would be snatch? How would you get, how would you get snatch and food together? Snatch, snatch, snack. Let's. <laughs> I kind of do that already. Have a snatch snack. <laughs> You're a very naughty man. I wear the badge. I wear the badge proudly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. What's on it? What else was on my list? I'd go. Oh. Touch everything. I think. Oh, the Clips were 500. Date change. Did you notice that? Well, yeah. Well, they're going to the Bend first, as we were talking about, instead of going to Queensland no, Raceway. Uh, they don't have a date for Clips, which is like the Superloop 500 or whatever it was. But oh, we'll so call it the Clips. You're talking the Clips were 500 for next year, 2021? Yeah. Well, they the Mate, they're trying to get over this year's calendar. I don't think they've even thought about next year's calendar yet. No, it came up today on the Tentacle Network. No way. So there is a date? No. There's an acknowledgement that there is no date, but it will be deferred. Okay. To when? You go, go and have a look on the Tentacle Network. I'm, I'm going to have to, but like it's, it's usually starts in March. So they reckon, they reckon what, Australia's not going to get its shit together by March next year? IATA, that is... International Airline Transport Authority. I think yeah. that's the, like which pretty much do ticketing systems around the world. Yeah. Have said yes, they do not expect international airlines to be operating properly until 2024. What? Wow. Um, it means that, um, so does that mean? The, does that mean we're going to have to like just, we're just going to have to, what, get our own way around? Off in the Should we buy a helicopter? No, no, you'll just have to get a Microsoft flights to fly around the world. I just want to. And jerk off in the bushes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. It's a, just take a nice wine out there and, you know, have your best friendies. And, you know, and that's it. Like, I can't see any other way. Like, make your own Qantas lounge. Look, there's people talking about in the bush. There's, there's, there's talk that, that everybody's going to abandon the cities and move to the country. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine how much of a price increase my property suddenly has. Well, at least you've got good internet where you are. That's the problem with the country, though. They don't have the internet infrastructure like the cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, my solar's going in next week. I'm on 100 megabit fibre into the premise. The fucking place is deluxe. You know, it's like a, almost a 1,000 square metres. Single level. It's, it's fuck-offsville. 
Well, if I could, if I ever, if I ever break out of jail or escape from Victoria, it's almost. You're more it than... sounds, I'm, I'm headed to your place, but it's well, but it sounds like oh, it sounds like I'm Snake Plissken trying to escape from LA, escape from New it York. Is? Well, that's right, but you, but you have to go by train. <laughs> Why? Well, you fly to Sydney and then you get the train, because the train is very mellowy. I love it's train very... travel. Oh man. I... I tell you, it is the Sydney to Coffs Harbour train. It doesn't follow the coast like the highway. It goes in and it's absolutely gorgeous. Really? It travels at kilometres an hour and there'll be lunch available for you. So how long is the train trip from Sydney to Coffs? Um, if you picked up at Hornsby, let's say, not central. I just yeah. do that, let's just say. Ten, you'll, you'll arrive here at four o'clock. So what time would you get it on at Hornsby? Well, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, okay. 10 o'clock, so it's a six-hour ride. It is a very pleasant ride. And you just go first class, which is like, there's no fuck difference, all. real. It's fuck all. Yeah, like 10 bucks difference or something like that. I know. But it just, it, just, it just don't get rugrats hanging around. And you get a wider seat and you sit in the back carriage. Uh, no, you're closer to the restaurant. And they will bring food to you and ask you what you want. Oh, look, I haven't been on the train since COVID, so I don't know. But there is a bar that opens at 12. And, um, you know, it's a really pleasant ride. Well, in the old days, the, the when last... I, was a, I was a young man. Yeah, well, <laughs> in the old days, viewers in the old days when you train travel first class was the carriage at the back why less freaking noise from the engine no smoke, right. no smoke coming in and if Good you had into train crashes you're the last carriage you're the one probably still on the track while the rest of the whole train's all destroyed so i tell you the best place to ride on a train is the back carriage not the caboose well they don't have many more so that's first class Ah, that is a good thing. Now, I I am a very much a rail aficionado, as JP will tell you and knows well from previous episodes of Radio Hotlap, as the viewers will also recognise, that um, on my list is um, to do the blue train in Africa from Nairobi to Cape Town. Because I, well, there was, when everything was going well and the BMW factory shut down in Soweto, there was all sorts of problem, pr problems, I tell you. Problems. Um, problems. You sound like, uh, you sound like Sergeant Schultz. Well, I'm, I'm like uh, Kevin van der Linde. He's a GT3 driver from South Africa, but ah. he has a, he likes to roll, roll the R's ah. and Oh, we have to talk in the same language, yes. But it was a 13-day trip. Yep. You had to press for dinner. And on the door of your, of your uh, abode was a piece of paper with your name stuck into it right there. Not, not like a... Really? On a, yeah, yeah, that's super old school. That sounds great. And so have you been... No, so super you old school. It, like, yeah. you dress dinner and you, you know, uh, you had <laughs> <Yeah, that. laughs> 
Yeah, no, you had to. Um, you had to be on on spec. So, you know. so have you been on any really good train journeys in the past? What's the best train travel you've been on? I was on the Garn. Yep, the Garn, Garn yeah. from yeah. Darwin, Sydney, with my father, and um, it was um, it was pretty good. Oh, no, actually, let's just say it was pleasant, but it wasn't as good as it should have been. Why? Um, well, okay. Well, um, it was very, very hot. Yeah, right. And we, we, we got on the train in Darwin, and then we stopped at Catherine, and um, it was pretty much everybody had to evacuate the train because they went... Um, there were a choice of activities to be done. Catherine yeah. Gorge, or go for a bit of a, you know, I don't know, a seaside ride or a crocodile. Or, I don't fucking know what it was. But it was fucking 45 degrees, right? And it was that bad. Um, I remember going down with my dad, and he would have been at that age. Oh, he was over 90. Really? And it was hot. And they threw us out of, they chucked us out of the plane. Now, in, in sorry, out of the, the train. Now, it, they have these like little waxed, you know, those little waxed paper uh, cups and you yes. would put it in a slot and get some fresh water out of it as a door. Yeah. Well, that was the only way you could get some water. We said like, we need some like liquid to take you out. So they gave right. you the little cups? No, they gave us nothing. And we went down there. I was very worried about, like, it was on the river. It was mosquito based. It was so stinking hot. And I looked around at all the people, and they were not young. And people were just not used to this sort of level of, of heat transfer. Wow. And, and there was no water bottles being handed out to anybody. I was really quite stressed about it. Not just the dad, but he was hes pretty solid. But um, uh, in terms of an endurance perspective, and I looked around, I went, this is not going to end up good. Like, something's going to go. Anyway, we did, get, we did get back to the train. And um, anyway, the train travelled south. We had dinner that night. Always, always pick the second sitting. Yes. So really, yeah. how come? Yeah. Oh, because the first sitting's too early, and then the second sitting doesn't have another sitting, so they're not going to try to get rid of you. Go oh, yeah. Right, and like the food was the food was pretty good. Um, we were traveling gold, what's called gold kangaroo, which was the most premium category at that time. Hales. Um, they have a premium class now. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, you know, I thought, well, like, as the car, as the train rattles into the dark, you know, and people have had a few wines and dinner, stories will be told. And there is lots to be learnt from elderly people who have travelled around the world or, you know, through their life. Or perhaps this is their first journey and they would like to tell a story of how they came to be here. And I find that extraordinarily interesting. Yeah. Um, and and Dad was a willing contributor to this. He he was a a, a very sarcastic, humorous kind of guy. <laughs> uh, 
So maybe I've, a bit of it's brushed off on me. Um, and um, and I remember after dinner and going up to the bar and saying, I would like another, at 10 o'clock, we'd like another round of uh, 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 port for everybody. And the guy goes, no, bar's closed. I'm going to bed now. I went, but hang on a minute. It's only 10 o'clock. He goes, no, I'm going to bed. See you later. Just like, that's it. I went, mm, not okay. 11 o'clock, yep. 10 o'clock, no. People wanted to mill around, experience the rattling through the dark of a train through the middle of Australia with a glass of port in their hand. Well, don't see anything anyway, the next morning, as we travelled down to Alice Springs and we were coming down through the McDonald Ranges, it was, it was pointed out to us that um, we would be coming through there um, at dawn and so it would be, you know, suitable to perhaps have a look out the window as you saw the, the light change over the McDonald Ranges as we arrived into Alice Springs. Um, Dad and I were sharing a, a, a bunk system, so I had, I'm, I'm up, he's down, and uh, I had, I don't think I'd set the clock or anything, but I was pretty in tune with, you know, I love rail. So I was a bit in tune for it. And I remember going down this, through this place and there were all these switches on the ground, like, like track changes. Yeah. And, um, I remember <laughs> going over and I thought, Oh, well, okay, this must be a junction of some point. And, uh, it, it, it was not, it was the entrance to Alice Springs the train had accelerated forward because apparently behind there had been a fatality of some kind, like, you know, a cow or a person, or I don't know on the railroad, but we were robbed on that journey of the experience of the waking up to the McDonald ranges where we would be served uh, breakfast, um, you know, as, as the light light came up and without, Within a moment, we were suddenly at Alice Springs Station. I went, fucking hell. Well, this train was 985 metres long, 37 carriages. It was one of the second largest trains they've ever had. And then the notice comes up. Um, due to the fact that we are at Alice Springs Station, uh, toilets are not to be used on the train. Well... How many toilets do you think they have at Alice Springs stations for a thousand people? <laughs> In the morning. <laughs> Unbelievable. Bit of a stuff up there, guys. Man, very disappointing. Anyway, Great Southern Railways. I, I, you know, when I got back to Adelaide, you know, when the following day we spent the, the day there, I think we did some. And the next night was pleasant. We arrived back in Adelaide at the correct time. But I sent a, a, a letter to, to Great Southern Railway saying, um, uh, showing my displeasure and how it had been. And I just got to fuck you back. Really? Yep. The hell? No, they weren't interested. Just fuck you. I, I, and, and I said, my father is a, was a pensioner. Like, you know, and 
uh, well, you didn't put the right code in, and that's why we charged you full price. Well, here's his pensioner number, right? Blah, blah, blah. I'll, um, I'll revise it for you. Nah, get fucked. And I said, well, I'll be echoing that on Radio Hot Lap, which I did. Yeah. Now, what you say is, I get to 90,000 people an episode. Do you reckon this is a story they'd like to listen to? Oh, man. Oh, I was just... <laughs> I don't want to be like um, specific and yeah. and and say that it it's a female issue because many most the majority of the population are excellent. Yeah. It's the minority that whether it's a guy or a, or a, or, a, or a girl and they just have a bone that they want to pick. Yeah, and they just come up the wrong way. So it, it's in in no way is this. Um, suggesting that it's gender specific but people have they take their anger from whatever they might be doing in their own personal space and then they echo that out to the public which is not okay and so let's just say that the experience was less than okay so is that the best is that the best train not train trip but the best trains you've been on well it's certainly the, the it's the longest train journey I've been on from Darwin to Adelaide. But, but it's the nicest train journey you've been on. Down Warhope to pick up Matilda, which is a two-hour trip, and then return. It's absolutely lovely. And you will utterly enjoy a trip from Sydney. I've never done Sydney to Melbourne, so I don't know what that's like. It used to be called the Southern Aurora, I uh, believe. No, there was two of them. There was a Southern Aurora and there was another one. Southern Aurora went at night time and the other one was the Express. What was it? Oh, there's two. No, there's two of them. One was the evening train and one was a morning train type thing, you know? I, I, I'm just unsure of that. But I do know but, the Southern Aurora. Yes. That was an old school side type of train too. It was a non-electrification system. Still is. But um, yeah, the Southern Aurora, and there were a few disasters here and there. In fact, there was a, a bit of a disaster, I think, last year on the line down there. Yeah, well, I remember, I grew up in Wangaratta. I remember there was a, in the late 60s or early 70s, there was a train crash near Wangaratta, Benalla, where the train the driver had a heart attack and the co-driver was having, uh, he was having dinner or cooking eggs in the kitchen because that little area. And he was down there uh, eating at the time uh, when the guy had a heart attack and there was no one there to stop the train. And he ran into a back of another train. Spirit of progress is the other train spirit of progress in the Southern. Ah, Aurora. That's it. Spirit of progress. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm familiar Look, with I, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't. Are you allowed to get out of Victoria? No, I'd have to have. If a, you were to go out of Victoria, do you have to quarantine? If I lived in, say that again. Sorry, if you were to today, if you, for example, if you were to come to Coffs Harbour, would you have to quarantine? I would probably have to quarantine at the border as long as I'm allowed to cross the border. I have to get permission, right, to come to New South Wales or anywhere. Right, like Eddie Maguire, for instance, wants to go to the grand final to the Gabba. So he, they say, "Yeah, sure, come up for the Gabba." But you're sure you'd have to quarantine for 
fortnight before we get there or something. But if you, it's if, the Gabba. Is that Queensland? I think it's. Uh, I think it's Gabba's. Yeah, isn't that? I don't know. Yeah. Where is Gabba? Oh, Queensland. <laughs> is it? I think so. so. This, this, and the Wacker's in Perth. Uh, it's in, in Perth, is it? No, that's the Wacker. Wacker's in Perth, so the, the Gabba is in Brisbane. Which which goes back to the question that that lady asked um, the Premier of um, uh, Daniel Andrews of Victoria. Mm. Oh, well, if the AFL Grand Final is not going to be held in Victoria, do we still get the day off? Yeah, I know. Good, it's good, good Aussie question. <laughs> Put a smile on the Premier's face. Only, only in Australia do we get to ask that question and, 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 and be valid about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like you don't have the Moomba Festival anymore, Day, so you might as well have it somewhere else. Oh, yeah, we have, I think, don't we have public holidays for two sporting events now? I don't know. I don't live in Victoria. Yeah, AFL Grand Final and the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> God, God. I don't think that's going to be happening either. God bless sport. Yeah, but we still have the holiday. <laughs> yeah, the Melbourne Cup's going to happen. The Melbourne Cup. Where's it going to happen? At Flemington. They still have horse racing in Australia in, around. They just there's no, probably no crowds there. there yeah, that's going to be super weird. Very. Very. I look to be honest. I don't think it's a problem to have a year off. I just think everybody should have a year off. <laughs> oh, sometimes, yeah, I reckon it's the only way it knocks this thing on the head anyway. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. It's such a weird year. Uh, Man, I'll like- tell you, Mr. Jimmy is so on the case here, getting these stairs sorted out. I'll take you on a little guided tour in a second. But he's, he's, he's you might good. have to take a photo of these steps and put it up on the Facebook page because everybody's going to want to know what these look like. Well, there's, there's an in and out sort of stairs on that. So, <laughs> talking about trains, back onto trains, the best trains uh-huh. I've been on were in Japan. They were fabulous. Were they Shinkansen? Yep. Oh, we did both. Shinkansen's and then not the non-Shinkansen over the... from. From we did it from Kyoto to Takayama. Um, we went and it wasn't the Shinkansen, but it was great. Two six, keep going. Well, just it's a lovely trip. I loved it. And then when we went to Takayama, the, they said that when you go over the hills, you'll notice the rivers going one direction, and then at a certain point, you know the rivers flowing in the other direction, which means we've gone over the the summit of the uh, uh there of the mountains. It was just a fabulous train trip. And then they made us get on a bus. I thought, oh, here we go, because I hate buses. But that was a pretty good trip too. Um, I've not been back. on the... I'm back. I've not been... I've got dogs circling. That means that it must be food o'clocks. Um, I've not been to... I've been on the trains in Japan. I've been to Japan, but not on the trains. But I spent a great deal of time in Europe on the um, ICE, Intercontinental Express. Yeah, and I would 
where I was living in, uh, with Farnbacher Racing in Arnsbach, which is at Bavaria, and I'd travelled to Lamont or wherever. And I'd a bunch out, a bunch out through uh, Stuttgart, I yep. think. Uh, because I remember coming in like the Mercedes factory was on the left-hand side. And it was great, you know, like, and I learned, I learned the trick about these trains is you don't, you, you can book a seat, but you don't need to book a seat. What you do is you just get on and, you, and then you take a seat in the restaurant car. Really? And you order wine and some soup. And then you like, stay there. Oh, you got your, your stay there. And then there's also conversations come up with people. And always, that's it. Always how I would do it. What's the conversation? Um, is, is this going to be free soon? <laughs> no, no, there was never any of that. <laughs> no, they sounds a bit more polite. It was, it was really, really great. I, I utterly loved the train. I mean, I am a train aficionado. I, I love them. And um, I'm interested in it. And I will sit at a train station sometimes, you know, especially in Germany, as I would do, and just watch the freight go through because there was a lot of it because the Audi factory was down the road. So there would be, there were multiple lines being joined up there coming through Arnspark. Yeah. And there would be huge long trailers of brand new Audis, which would be moving, I guess, to a port where they would be then either distributed by sea or by land. Uh, I would think Hamburg would be where the outbound water uh, component would be. Yeah. Really, really interesting stuff. And, you know, and, and being with Farnbacher, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. Because, yeah, they thought of no motor racing. So <laughs> it, it was just so great. Right, and, and you know, I'm proud to have them as my ongoing friends, and, and, and they're like family to me. They're, they're really, they're like my family in Germany, and uh, I can't wait to go over and see them again, and just hang out and like. It's interesting to see how how well that the, the kids, um, Mario, is doing in. Um, in GTD as a factory driver with yeah. uh, Akura and uh, and Dominic. I'm not sure what Dommy's specifically up to, but um, Horst, his father, and um, uh, is the same, virtually exactly the same age as me, maybe one month difference. So he's sort of pulling back a little bit, and they have some significant car dealership operations in this rural town, which is a, an okay town. It's a good town. Um, it's a lovely place to be. And I enjoyed staying there for a period of time. Um, out of the butchers and just people were friendly. Um, so um, who knows what the future holds. All right. We, what else have we got to talk about? Are we knocking Mate, it I, the head? I can't think of anything else unless you have something. We talked about... Danny Ricardo, we talked about Ferrari and the and then the twenty twenty one cars, uh, food, the Korma chicken, the organic chicken, <laughs> Hamilton and Bottas blow up, stairs in the back paddock, the sausage dogs off all night. Yeah, Jimmy yeah, well, the... 
What were they up all night? Was this for... Man, you know, I got up on, you know. I, I don't know what it was. It's just last few nights I just haven't been eating dinner properly. I cook it and then I go, damn, I'm not interested. What? I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Um, i just a little bit disappointed in a few things, which is irrelevant to the show. Um, um, yeah, the dog fight, you know, and it just, yeah, I, I just felt like I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, I, and then I'll, I'll wake up and then I'll, I'll put the, say Siri, put the music on and it does. And then I'll put the big, you know, big screen TV on and run the, um, uh, Apple TV, a background sort of artwork, oh, and it's yeah. really, I, as I said, I maybe before I, I, I thought it's a bit extravagant getting a 75, 85 inch TV, but suddenly it's amazing. It is just like my house is like cinema. I can sit in six different places and watch the stuff, and I go, it's really relaxing. That's the future. When they get when you start getting eighty inch television sets, that is when cinemas are going to get out of business because you are because the cinemas keep selling you the cinema experience. Well, oh, this is a five inch Sony. Yeah, what what is the cinema experience? But it it it, it was under three thousand dollars. It's it's utterly amazing. So, so what is the cinema experience to you? Well, the fact that I can sit 10, 12 metres away from it on a couch and I feel like I'm completely absorbed with it. That's, so that's the cinema experience. So that's what you get when you go to a cinema. The cinema experience. Correct. I thought the cinema experience was paying $5,000 for a bucket of popcorn and, and, and a cup of Coke. Well, it's not a bucket of popcorn. It's more like a bin size. <laughs> Actually, actually yes, I have a waste paper basket that'd be smaller. Four hundred litres of coke. <laughs> it's still got over over the top price. So what's the cinema experience? If you can get the big screen at home and your comfy couch, you've got the cinema experience. What the cinema is selling to you, they're saying oh, you can't get that at home. Oh yes, you can. Yeah. Um I want to go and see this film called made in Italy. What's it about? But you look it up on, uh, you know, uh, IMDB or um, whatever, and you'll get a pricey on it. It's a feel good movie from Italy, uh, but I thought I want to see it on a big screen. Hang I on. don't available. Made in I, I wanted to get an 85, but you couldn't. They made of unobtainium at the time. <clears throat> Shipping anything. And, and JB wanted to dump the, the 75s and it was previous year model, which is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for like 20 bucks, like fucking hello. Um, and I felt it was a bit extravagant, but it's, you can sit in so many different places in the house because it's open plan and just watch this big screen. And it is like, you were sitting up the back of the cinema. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's, it's amazing. So, viewers, um, I suggest you uh, have a think about it. Of course, it, you know, um, 
it depends on you, your physical environment. You don't need to buy a large screen of that size. If you're in a, a claustrophobic environment um, or, or you don't have enough space, <laughs> Lester's, Lester's over there talking to Jimmy and Lester's <laughs> lifting his leg. Lester, boy! <laughs> lifting his leg means that he's, can I have something to eat or can I have a pack? Oh, you know, I, uh, poor lifting. Oh, I know poor lifting. Oh, both of them. They're just so sweet, the pair of them. Hayley and Lester. Hey, Jimmy, you got, you got, you got a dog over there lifting his leg. He's lifting his leg. Hey, that looks great, mate. You're definitely going to have to take a photo. Are we going to, is there a Facebook site to Hot Radio Hot Lab? Uh, oh, I haven't. Um, don't know. I can't recall. But I, I, I have last week's show up. But look, send this one through. Tomorrow I will f fully focus on it. I just had all this stuff going on here. I just got... Oh! Actually, we have a phone call coming in. Hang on. No, there's a phone call. Uh, uh, important. Ian McAllister. Hey, mate. How you going? Very well. All right. So um, you have Neville Wilkinson Hello, on the Ian. line. How you going, Ian? Okay, that's <laughs> that's John. That's for you to turn the volume up for, so he can hear me. He's in the car. Oh, but yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah, Ian, as you will recall, that Neville uh, ran and um, uh, was the founder of V8X magazine, and um, he's uh, yeah, and he's he's helping out with the reboot of um, Radio Hot Lap and. Um, We've done a bit of a show, but we thought we'd better call in on you because, yeah, like, tell us about, um, tell us about how you and your son Hugh are operating in, in the uh, TA2 championship. Yeah, well, we're not actually in the TA2 championship. Neville, you might have some questions for Ian. So where are you headed to? Yeah, I'm to Eastern Creek to do a tyre test tomorrow. Yeah. Um, just to compare them to the Hoosiers, you know, we look to see. Yeah, I'm only going to do the test, yeah. so uh, we should all look to them to the Hoosiers and look for a deal. We should have that way. Yeah, yeah, look for a deal. That's what I was driving over there, yeah. So TO2 is only a state series.
which there's only been one round. But we have entered the CA2 round with ASA at Sydney Motorsport Park at the end of September. So at the end of this year. Um, yeah, we're, we're prepared to have a go at both. Wow, that sounds like a bit of a well, it's a bit of a mess at the moment to be to be kind. So what how do you how do you so what's So what's the solution? Everybody's got to get together and have a chat? The word, the word is the late, The latest word is that um, ARG could actually end up buying supercars. nowhere near what they paid for it but it's a really dramatic what did archer capital pay for it something like what how many how much i think it was a much higher figure than warburton was involved no, Warburton kind of came around after it was sold because Tony Crockett was still in charge. But, um, Crockett hasn't been there for ages, and I just don't. That's another story in itself. He'll be coming back. The key is the television rights. The key, I believe, is the television rights this year. That if you, if as soon as they do, the guy who runs Channel 7 was the last. Yes, Warburton. Yeah, yeah, quite so. So James, we're all aware of James Warburton's media connections and his previous operational capability in the supercar yeah. land. So um, just start so the sniff now that. Yeah, I, I think he is. 
Yeah, I I just think that supposedly ARG and a few others, even a consortium of race teams, uh, supercar teams, uh, put up their hand to buy supercars, but that got rejected. And the only one that's really around is the ARG group. Well, ARG group, that's ARG. um, But the thing is... Uh, Archer Capital waiting for the television deal to get signed off because that's where the real value is. That's when you, how much you really know what V8 supercars is worth by how much the television deal is worth. Does that imply then it's going back to free to air? Most definitely, yes. Yes. Well, thank you. They were talking about free-to-air component with the Foxtel anyway, more free-to-air. And Channel 7 was in the catbird seat for that because of with Warburton. And, and Channel 10 had pulled out, said, we're not going to bid for the rights for the supercars anymore. And so Channel 7 was really the only one left in. And Warburton, I think, likes motorsport or he's got a soft spot for it. Um, that's the only thing I can think of where all the connections are. Well, you free to wear is better for motorsport anyway, because more people watch it, which means you've got a better chance of getting sponsors. Is that correct? Is that the mindset? Uh, yeah, it might be interesting to see if that supercars actually survives, I reckon. Well, mm. if it, even if it doesn't survive, another motorsport class will come, come and pick it up, because I honestly believe motorsport is only ever controlled by the by the drivers, and I'll, I'll clarify that. They don't run the sport, but the fans will always go where the name drivers go. So if all the, all the name drivers go to, to TCR, so to speak, well, that's what all be, we'll all be watching next week. If they go and race TA2, that's what all, we'll all be watching next week because the name drivers are there. That's it. That's, that's it. The rest is all just bells and whistles and, and, and coloured lights. They came and drove CA2 cars, they'd all start watching that. There's no doubt about it. Yep, exactly. Um, That's my theory. Time, you know, and I think COVID's going to bring on a lot of financial changes. I mean, people are working out, as you know, they don't, they don't need to rent expensive offices. A lot of things can be done at home from a computer. Mm. People can work from home. Administration, look at TAMs there in turmoil too, like they're trying to reorganise themselves pretty quickly. They just put on the premises in Melbourne and that's a very good point um, that you're making there because I don't see looking forward that the CBDs that we know will be the CBDs we previously knew. They will become yeah. more residential, let's say. And um, yeah. my gosh, there will be a lot of people that have leases that are going to be very difficult for them to get out of and this and that and there'll be all sorts of fallout um so um how are things in young like uh, is we're covid three and relatively unaffected by us what about like you know just the simple things in life you know you're going out for pizza or some chinese or something in town like is it all okay no, no, there's a lot of places closed, and of course, all the rules are in. Hang on one second, I just got to change Yep. Hey, this is interesting, Neville. Mm-hmm. Very. We're just in Golden. I've been, all of a sudden, I've been, uh, there's all these insects coming in from, some, I don't know, from Queensland. Like they're getting me. They're getting me in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
beg your pardon? Yeah, Sorry, I, I, you, you went two weeks of isolation, but I didn't hear that wording beforehand. Well, if, yeah, if we, we got invited to go down to South Australia and run a Trans Am down there, but we Oh, for the, the, for the bend? Yeah. Yeah, for the bend. So, but the weird thing about it is the Queenslanders can go down there. But we're from a COVID-free area, uh, <sighs> and we're not allowed to go there because it's well, no, that's right. That's right. crazy. Been, like this is what Neville and I were talking about before, because all the other teams they're up in Townsville, so they're going to do a Townsville double header this weekend, and then what are they going to do? They'll have to transit across to the Northern Territory and down. yeah, they're going to transit. They're yeah. going to transit to three ways, transit across the three ways just above Tennant Creek, which is straight across, and then they're going to, have to go down nah, Highway Number Eighty Seven all the way down to. Well, as soon as they cross SA, they can probably. Well, they're going to have to go via Adelaide, then shimmy across to to, to the bend there. Yeah. Oh God, no. So for us, it's too risky. Like, can you imagine if we, if you and I went and. And we got we got caught out with 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 the, with the uh, disease. We'd have to we would be able to work and it'd have a major effect on our business. And then they'd have you know it just doesn't bear thinking about. On on a positive side, Ian, um, on the basis that because borders are a little bit more closed, are you actually getting more business because people are now choosing to operate with a local producers as opposed to sort of going, oh, all right, I'll see if I can get a better deal out of town? Yeah, well, they can't really go too far and they don't really want to. So yeah, our business is going okay. That's um, great. We're down, great to down 20%, but, um, we, you know, we've, we've pulled down our costs of operating pretty dramatically, so we're still going okay on the right side of the ledger, so to speak. Yeah, that's good to hear. And and so uh, I guess the, the, the overall question is, are the locals, they supporting you? And, you know, everybody's doing the right thing by everybody. Is that, that's, a, well, that's the I, real question. I think business goes on. I think you didn't they can buy a car anyway. And, and, you know, there's still commercial lines of freight out of wherever you go. Like I, I was able to deliver a new trailer up into Queensland last week. I took a new trailer up to Brisbane to a guy, as long as they had all my paperwork right, it was like the business corridor and I was transport, that's what I was doing. And so you could still get over the borders with the transport pass. So, yeah. so you... think it's in trouble. So for, for the viewers, just for the sake of the viewers, as someone that don't know you, what, you're, you're in transport, right? Yeah. So what do you transport? Well, well uh, sorry, Ian, I'll just... I'll recalibrate. Ian is a Ford dealership in Young. Right. Um, you, Ian, initially because he was part or ran the Cooper's race team with Alan Simonson yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, good. And that's how we all met together. Yeah. And I, I came to Young and spent some time with him and at, went to the Japanese gardens and stuff like that. So I think that uh, a gentleman um, of this versatility would be um, 
um, highly adaptable for a change of the environment, especially being in a rural community, whether it's a transport or of selling cars or got agriculture equipment. Got ya, got ya. Yeah, we, well, that's we've got to be versatile where we are because you've got a limited population to work with. But we, we've used our racing uh, tie-ups to do lots of things, but we, we deal in race car trailers all the time. Um, so I, and I had a, I've got a guy manufacturing them for me and we sell them. And so I saw one in Queensland. I thought, how the hell am I going to do this? And he needed a verse for me. So I just applied for a transport um, Five minutes later, I had it back. Um, so I was able to go to the border, which I did. They questioned me at the border. I showed them the invoice for the trailer, showed them that I had a trade plate on it, and uh, that it was sold. And they said, "Carry on." I said, "I'll be in. I'm only going in and out today, really, anyway." I didn't deliver the trailer and came straight out again. And in front of me was probably ten trucks from Victoria, and they just flag them through because they're all got the same certification because it's all for business. Yes, yeah. Crazy, like if those guys are from Melbourne, where are they? All being in the, where they've been and get their allowed through because they've got a, it's business, they've got a transport um, clearance. Well, I know it's a bit of the craziness of it, but you've got to stop, you've got to keep transporting goods and services more than people going. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, to me, I think it's a bit wacky all the closing of the borders generally, I think. They should be more specific about where the hotspots are, what areas. I mean, we're not one. Um, I reckon 90% of New South Wales is clear of it, uh, as is probably South Australia and all rural Victoria. I mean, that's what they're doing. Anyway, that's another argument for another day, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> and I, I invited back to episode 299.3 for a third. <laughs> Further update, because as we approach episode 300, uh, Ian, uh, where we yeah. will relaunch um, uh, Radio Hot Lap, and these are sort of like random dry runs and testing up new equipment because things are a little different to how they had been in that, you know, yeah. it was face-to-face. -face oh, I think there's a lot more categories of motorsport. There's a lot more uh, political stuff going on within the sport. It's who's happening, but mate, if you get to talk about TA2 versus Trans Am, um, I think the general feeling is that everyone is very keen for it to be amalgamated and all get together and, and run a state and a national series, uh, you know, together and uh, be able to go in between both and truly at will. Well, it's so there well, is. Um, as I suggested previously, the or maybe I was only to. Mentioning this to uh, Neville, that the um, yeah. the the speed of the the TA two car against the uh, Mark cars and the Mark two variants at that yeah. um, was extraordinary, and well, and one is on radials and one on crossbars. We're all sealed to, to five hundred twenty five horsepower. We only run a four speed hatchback gearbox, and they're only running textile crossbar tyres. Uh, I might imagine if they go for another thousand revs because we're limited to six and a half thousand revs. You'd go to seven and a half thousand revs with radial size on them, and they'd be right they're all over them like a rash. So why? Well, why the? I um, guess I, why I the Paul Morris 
Die next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I do. No, no, Ryan McLeod, he's not much of a talker. <laughs> no, I, I reckon Ryan is fine that we'd be competition to, to Mark Carsey with Mike Epson. No, no, no. Well, Ryan doesn't own the thing. It's just, you know, like, it's Paul's kid. Well, the thing is, a Mark Carr's 300 something thousand, our cars are 140. There's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, before you get on, Nevin, just we'll, we'll just wave the show off in a second, let you go. And, um, oh, mate, I've had some very interesting conversations with Gary Holt over the last few yeah. days, and he's a, yeah. he, he's a he's a good, versatile steer, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he's won a few Bathursts and this and that. Uh, so he'll be on the show. And, you know, I feel, I feel like it's... Um, it's it is the new cooking show with a bit of motor racing. So you just need it. to have a look in your pantry and figure out what you can cook, and then you have to tell us how. I'll, you send, I'll send you one there, don't worry. No, 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 you'll have to talk it out. Oh, right. Oh, no, you're not getting away that easy. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll have a little bit of a reminisce about Alan and that sort of stuff and all that. Yeah, good day. About the VAUs and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great time, wasn't it? Ah, man, it was a great time in life. All right. Yeah. All right, mate. All of it. Safe travels. Good night. Right. See him. Well, there you go. Let's sign off on episode two nine nine point two 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 two. That's it. Two nine nine point two. There you go. Wrapping up. Crocky, that's a bit of a long one today. How long did it go for? I don't know. I, I wasn't recording it. I oh, hope you were. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. It'll take an hour to download it, but yeah, I am. <laughs>